when I was growing up, I knew these kids that sold weed, right? They would go to Philadelphia a few times a week, get weed, come back, and sell it to the local Pittsburgh economy, dude. At a time when there was no good weed around here, these two guys flourished, right? Making fucking money hand over fist. But one of them was making more money because he was the primary investor. They were going out there spending nearly ten grand every time they would go up and re-up, and uh, the one guy was putting up about 95% of that money. But the other guy was the driver, okay? The other guy was the driver. The driver was paid well and was even getting the same price that the guy who was, he, he was getting the prorated price. He was getting his weed for a good price and being able to come back to Pittsburgh and sell it for a very hefty profit. Most people would be content with that, okay? Most people would be content with making money, having weed, and just being able to exist, you know? Fucking. <laughs> but that wasn't enough for the driver. After a bunch of trips, the main investor decided that it wasn't worth it to keep taking these trips and he could find local product that was maybe even a little bit more expensive. It wasn't worth the five-hour drive. The primary investor hated being in cars, so this appealed to him. The driver, though, figured, well, I can keep up with the guys in Philadelphia, even though they really didn't respect him as much as the primary investor. Because, after all, he was just the driver. Well, one day, the guys in Philly got in their heads that, hmm, this driver... He's contacting us trying to ask us for pounds of marijuana. We should just rob him. <laughs> so, not in the traditional way that you're thinking at gunpoint or anything like that, because these kids in Philadelphia were dorks. Just a couple of dweebs. Who were attending college at Temple University. Pretty good school. Couple of dweebs. Well, they tell the driver, they say, hey, you know what? I know you were paying $9,600 for two pounds, but we got a good deal for you. We got one of them. We'll give you one for 35 And you just send us the money and we'll send it to you. You don't even got to drive here. $3,500, dude. So if you guys aren't that good at math, that's a $1,300 price drop on a pound. The driver, seeing nothing wrong with this, became ecstatic and thought, wow, this is my come up. This is how I'm going to do it because he's, he's he saved up enough money to do this on his own. Now he figures I can go out on my own and do this. Who needs the primary investor? I can do this on my own, dude. Who wants to be a driver forever? Nothing wrong with that. Ambition, ambition can be a good thing. Ambition can take you places in life. But you need the brains along with the ambition. The driver, clearly lacking in that department, went around and uh, didn't want to use all of his money in this investment. He figured, why would I do that? Even though he had the money to do it, he figured, I could get some people I know, and they could put up the money up front, and I could just make a profit off the top. And then I have no risk, no nothing, just straight profit from day one. Problem is, he goes to some fairly dangerous individuals to do this. These fairly dangerous individuals give him, I think, 
I can't remember, recall actual numbers, but something over $3,500, you know? Something over that. The process goes, they sends the money via Western Union, it reaches the kids in Philadelphia, and now it's time for the driver to wait. The package is, is intended to be delivered to the dangerous fellow who the driver has gone into business with. So after a day or so, they receive a tracking information, and they know when the package is coming. So the driver goes and waits over at the dangerous man's house as they await their pound of marijuana. <laughs> this part of the story still gets me to this day, that I, I never understand why these dweebs did this. Because they didn't have to send them anything. You didn't have to send, they didn't have to send the driver anything. You know, you could just be like, we have your money, fuck you, whatever. You don't even have to do anything, it's just whatever, you know? Package got lost, you don't have to send them anything. But, (laughs) the icing on the cake is they sent him, and this is a 100,000% true story, they sent sent him a giant-sized bag of popcorn, just regular, unsalted, yellow, white popcorn, you know? (laughs) Fuck it. I think it might have been buttered, I don't know. Still, to this day, have no fucking clue why they did that. Hilarious, though. The comedian in me is like, God damn, that's one of the funniest things ever. The Batman did not find it so funny. Now, I want you to put yourself in the Batman's position, dude. You're sitting there, and this is going to be a come-up for you. I want you to put yourself in the driver's position. You're sitting there, and this is going to be a come-up for you. You have the package. You have it in your hands. You're celebrating. I'm sure there was... There was celebration in the air, dude. Jubilation in the air, dude. Everyone's happy. You open up that package and you just got a ton of popcorn. Well, what happens next is the driver... The driver, uh... Through a series of events, winds up in a trunk. In the parking lot. Of of the Batman's place. Which, also, another thing that baffles me about the story. Because the driver, particularly big individual, Batman about the same size but uh I, I i don't know how he got into that trunk but i have an idea of what happened you know I, I wasn't there but i have an idea of how he was forced into the trunk so now the bad man starts calling everyone that the driver knows starts calling everyone calling cousins that he knows that went to the high school with him calling anyone that can possibly scrounge a dollar up because he's, he, he says he's not letting him out of the trunk until he gets every cent of his money back. Until he gets uh, whatever his investment was. <laughs> well, eventually, I should mention that uh, the bad man, much like the men in Philadelphia, respected our initial primary investor more than they respected the driver. Of course. The bad man calls the primary investor, explains the situation to him. The primary investor and the driver... They're not just new friends. They've known each other since they were three years old. They are very, very, very... They they were very close friends at one time. Roommates, everything. They were very, very close. But not now, because this is the first the primary investor finds out about this. He finds out that he went behind his back, talked to the guys in Philadelphia, set this whole thing up, didn't tell them. And, and the driver, if he would have just came to the primary investor and said that to him and said... Oh, they're offering to send it to me for 35 The primary investor would have said, Are you retarded, sir? Of course they're going to rob you. And the primary investor would have set up a plot to rob them instead. But no. No, 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 no. 
driver. Again, ambition can be a good thing, but not with if you have the lack of intellect. Lack of intellect plus ambition equals danger. So on the phone with the primary investor, now the bad man says, he says, you got to give me the money, essentially. The primary investor has a hefty laugh, which can only be can only be classified as a guffaw. If you guys want to Google the word guffaw, it's a, a belly laugh. A, a hysteria. You guys ever fucking really, uh, you ever ate mushrooms and like the first 15 minutes you get the giggles? It was one of them fucking laughs, dude. Because the primary investor thought it was so goddamn ridiculous as this was even brought to him. He's dealing with the anger of being backstabbed and then being asked to give money to the man who backstabbed him. To get him out, to get him out of a situation that he put himself into. Well, the story ends with the driver getting murdered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the story ends. The story ends very embarrassingly. He eventually put the phone in the in the trunk and had had him call his own mother. The driver had to call his own mother and have her go and withdraw the money and come and give the money to one of his cousins one of the driver's cousins, her nephews, to go and deliver. And then he was set free. An insane situation. This all happened. All of that happened. Maybe. Maybe it's a hypothetical. Who knows? But regardless, it teaches us a lesson about being content with where you are in life. If he had just been content with his position as a driver, he could have came to the primary investor and said, hey, Maybe I'm I, I can have some more responsibility, which would have been surely granted to him because he was doing such a good job. I mean, you got to understand a primary investor had bought this kid a phone, was paying for this kid's gas, paying for his car insurance, was doing a lot, was doing a lot for him. And all he had to do was go and ask. And he he thought, no, I don't need to do that. I can go out on my own. And then life struck him down. Contentment is defined in the Oxford Language Dictionary as a state of happiness and satisfaction. Nowhere in there does it say anything about money. Nowhere in there does it say anything about social status. It's all your own reality. It's all your own perception. Heed these words, my fine gentlemen and my sweet lasses. Heed these words, dude. Heed the story of the driver. The warning, the cautionary tale that I just told you. Because he didn't. Maybe I'll tell you what became of the driver. Because his ambition continued to drive him further into the hole. But that's a story for another day. I hope you guys all enjoyed this very, very extremely short... I don't even think this is a podcast anymore, guys. This is something else, okay? We're walking the fucking path, dude. <laughs>